Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Murio Gabaza, and for today, we're getting into um, a cybersecurity discussion. And uh, this is something that uh, we've spoken about quite at length, uh, but in a world that is uh, continuously um, evolving on a digital in a, on a digital plane, um, we always need to be thinking about um, the security aspects. You know how do you keep yourself safe how do you keep your organization safe how do you make sure uh, that things are protected in that environment because um, you know with the way that uh, things are going it not only protects your own business but you're protecting customer data you're protecting consumer data there's just so much um, you know that is involved in there and for today we are joined by the team um, over at uh, trend micro and uh, we're going to just be chatting with them um, you know, around uh, you know some of these uh, some of these aspects uh, that are out there, and we're going to be defining certain terms uh, that tend to be thrown around. Like, for example, what is posture management? Those are some of the things that we're going to be talking about. So we're joined by uh, we're joined by Russell, um, uh, who is uh, from uh, Trend Micro, and we're go- he is a cloud architect, and uh, he's just going to be you know sharing. Um, some of uh, those uh, insights. Uh, Russell, uh, Russell Young is uh, joining us. Uh, Russell, how are you today? Hi, morning, uh, Madura. Yeah, great. Thanks. How are you doing? Uh, doing good on this end. Uh, previously, we've actually had uh, your colleagues here on the platform, I believe, um, it was literally a year ago, uh, funny enough, uh, also in August, uh, but in 2022. And, um, you know, I, I think at the time um, we spoke, you know, um, around uh, the fact that um, all this innovation that we talk about when it comes to uh, digital transformation and all that, it needs a measure of security, a layer uh, that protects it. Otherwise, it is um, innovation and transformation that becomes a danger unto organizations. So um, I guess before we go anywhere, you know, for people that might not know or be aware of Trend Micro, a little bit around the company and also the the work uh, that you are doing as a cloud architect. Thanks, Madiba. Yes, um, from my point of view, working with uh, Trend Micro, I've joined as the cloud architect. And Trend Micro has a number of different facets that they evolved uh, over the years in cybersecurity. So, you know, we focus uh, a lot on mail security. We focus a lot on endpoint security. We focus a lot of network security. Um, we are looking very um, deeply into uh, extended detection and response, um, which is another kind of, uh, you know, three-letter acronym that I throw out of there. But it's basically how do you respond to threats in your your environment? Uh, what actions can you take, etc. Um, but where I particularly focus on is the cloud side. So cloud security solutions uh, that are provided by Trend. Uh, and that, uh, again, you know, covers uh, quite a quite a broad field. Anything from storage um, to the network side, um, to the endpoint side, uh, to posture management, as you rightly pointed out as well. So that's the, the business uh, side that, that I'm focused on. All right. Now, now that we are here, I think maybe we can get into some of those things. We alluded to it um, at the beginning, and I think you've just touched on it now. 
posture management right um let's let's get the definitions and the jargon uh, let's attack it now uh what are we talking about when we say um you know posture management i think my my limited uh knowledge and understanding just has to do with you know how do you position your organization from a security point of view uh but you know you're the expert right so so basically, posture management uh, is another an acronym for it. Is the cloud security posture management, or CSPM, as it's called in the in the industry. Um, and basically, think about it as your. You know, if you look at your posture, kind of from a physical point of view, if your post- posture is not good, it affects many other different aspects of your health, right? So you know, if you're hunching or if you've got bad kind of uh, lower back issues, etc., you know that that obviously affects everything else within your body as well. Similar to your your posture management uh, within, uh, let's say, the cloud. So that's what we focus on: cloud posture management. And if your if your posture within the cloud is not secure, is not configured correctly, then it's going to affect uh, many other you know facets of your business as well. Um, you'll become less secure. You become less efficient um, operationally. Uh, there's a lot more overhead, etc. So that's basically what uh, what posture management means. It's it's looking at the configuration and specifically the security configuration around it to see how that can be improved, and in that way, kind of improve the health of your whole uh, cloud as well. All right. So at the moment, right when we are looking at uh, that uh, that posture management, uh, could we maybe get deeper into? either the acronym or some of the components that are core uh, to posture management and, you know, perhaps, you know, ways in which people tend to uh, either make use of or management or, or manage these things. 100%. Right. Um, so let's just, um, let's just kind of uh, compare that with uh, like an on-prem environment. So uh, if you're running an on-prem environment, you probably have uh, vulnerability management running. You probably have, uh, penetration attacks uh, against your infrastructure to point out where you are weak uh, within the environment, where you're not uh, set up correctly within the environment and where you can actually improve uh, your your security around that. Similar uh, in the cloud, right? Um, but there's a, uh, there's a lot less tools right now available uh, to do the same thing that you would do on-prem. So what Trend has brought out is this uh, posture management tool that would look at things uh, and the services that you're using within within the cloud, right? So let's say, let's take, for instance, your uh, S3 environment, your storage layer, okay, on AWS. You're using that, uh, You maybe you've got customers uploading documents into that or you're, you're saving uh, sensitive documents in that uh, environment. Um, let's say somebody within your environment decides to go and create a bucket and they decide to make it public, uh, open to everyone within the environment. Now, everyone uh, uh, you know, globally has got access to that bucket and the contents of that bucket. That could be a, a major disaster, right? So that's one thing that posture management looks at. It looks at uh, that specific uh, configuration. Is that configured correctly? If not, you know, send out a warning and um, also tied in with our our uh, Vision One, our XDR tool, uh, detection and response tool, you can actually take responses and mitigation uh, to allow that uh, bucket to be um, created privately again in the background and just changing that uh, access um, and, and avoiding uh, any issues. 
So it's things like that, looking at that configuration from a you know granular point of view and deciding uh, is this uh, best practice. And we use a lot of best practice and standards and frameworks to um, create those checks uh, against the, the environment. So, uh, for example, uh, we have uh, the PCI DSS uh, framework. We've got over 20 actually frameworks. Uh, PCI DSS, CIS, um, a lot of these acronyms, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm throwing them out, but uh, they, they're industry standards in which you can actually benchmark your posture against this uh, specific security configuration, making sure you are actually, um, you know, adhering to that uh, specific framework and therefore making yourself a, a whole lot uh, uh, secure uh, in the process. The very quick question, Russell, um, yeah. because we're talking about uh, cybersecurity and specifically right now, we've been talking quite a bit about companies that, um, you know, the fact that companies that run their own systems uh, tend to have a lot more control over how they secure, you know, those systems because, you know, your computers, your servers, uh, that type of thing are um, on your premises, in your in your in your office building, in your office park, on your campus, right? And then yep. also we then say that uh, on the other side of that, you highlight the fact that uh, for a while there hasn't really been a there haven't really been tools um, on the cloud side, and now you guys are trying to assist. Since you've thrown out a number of terms, the, the 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 what you call this, the industry terms now that are the the standard, you know, just as a way to measure how secure you are. If it's an industry standard, is it not then widely known by bad actors? You know what? What's the word I'm looking for? Vulnerabilities, perhaps. Yes, vulnerabilities are ways in which you know they you could attack because if there's a standard and a company has put in standard measures to 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 protect itself, then it's 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 known because hackers at the end of the day are not uh, an alien species; they are people that also understand these same uh, these same tools and trades. Absolutely, no, I would would agree with you hundred percent. So. Absolutely. If the if the standard is you know um, is out there and available for for viewing, which it is, uh, most of these standards are, including the AWS Well Architecture Review, as the Azure one is, um, as is the ISO twenty seven double zero one, etc., etc. Um, yes, obviously uh, they will point out uh, vulnerabilities that you need to guard against. Right. Um, the the skill comes in obviously in manipulating those and exploiting. Uh, you know, those those gaps, let's say, those misconfigurations. So do you have the actual skill uh, if an uh, S3 bucket uh, is perhaps, um, you know, lacking? Uh, do you have the skills and the tools to, to absolutely, you know, to actually manipulate that and get into that uh, specific environment? But I think you, you, you brought up a, a, a great um, analysis in terms of uh, why um, on-prem uh, is seemingly... Um, viewed as more secure than, than the cloud right now, right? And there's this concept of the um, shared responsibility model within the cloud, right? Um, and that uh, really uh, pinpoints where the responsibility lies of, you know, securing your data and your posture, whatever it might be. And that's quite pertinent uh, in this uh, conversation that we're having, actually, in that the cloud providers um, give you this, this platform in which to 
you know, to, to run your business, uh, you know, to deploy your infrastructure um, and, and use what they've uh, supplied. And they'll give you that, um, that platform to use and they will secure that platform for you. So whether it's the storage layer, the network layer, um, you know, the, uh, whatever it might be, the, the compute layer, uh, all of those layers are given, um, you know, to you by the, 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 the cloud provider and they will actually secure that layer for you. So that's their responsibility um, of securing that layer. So you, you're fairly well assured that um, no one's going to get into an S3 environment and be able to jump around all the S3 different buckets, uh, you know, within different regions and, and uh, AWS accounts uh, of different customers. That should uh, very well be secured by the cloud provider. But the other responsibility is what uh, of what you put into the cloud. So, you know, of the cloud, the security that um, is provided by the cloud provider. But what you put into the cloud, being your databases and the you know the information that you put in there, being the documents that you put in the S3, being your EC2 environment where you spin up a Windows uh, server or a Linux server, etc. That is definitely um, your as as the customer. That is your uh, focus and responsibility. So, how do you go about doing that? Making sure that uh, that 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 is um, you know configured correctly, and that's as rightly as you say. There's a standard for that as well, and if that is not adhered to, then uh, you get into trouble. And that's where Trend comes in, um, where we can assist you um, on all those different layers, be the network layer, the storage layer, um, the compute layer, where we've got solutions for all of those to be able to make sure that uh, you know you are according to standard, you know, whatever framework that you follow, if you're financial, uh, be it the PCI DSS, if you um, healthcare, maybe it's the HIPAA, um, you know, GDPR, whatever it, uh, the standard might be, uh, we can help you uh, to make sure that your, your posture management across all of those services are correct and configured correctly um, down the line. So, yeah, so definitely uh, the, those standards are available and can be exploited, but you definitely have to have the, the right skills and tools to be able to manipulate those as well. But if you've got the right security in place, you can counter um, those attacks as you would quite rightly so, you know, in your on-prem environment uh, as well. Yeah, no, very interesting, you know, space to be in. And at least, you know, it does sound like there are tools, you know, like you said, uh, that are coming up, uh, organizations such as yourself looking at how to um, fix some of these issues, um, you know, for people and their different, uh, their, their, their different environments and protect, um, you know, the systems and the data that they have. But because we are a business platform, we do need to ask, you know, that, uh, that I want to call it the sustainability question, um, where, because I'm pretty sure that, you know, for either architects such as yourself or those that are client facing, uh, that uh, when you're talking to clients or people that are grappling with some of these issues about whether or not they implement uh, these things, there's always the question of cost, right? Um, because you're either taking a knock in terms of the cost to secure your, your environment or you're taking a knock uh, on the cost of, you know, when your environment is breached, when people do attack your system, when you are hacked, um, you know, whatever words we want to use. So could you just talk to us about that tension? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, then there will always be a, 
um, it, it's it's almost that that uh, triad as well. So of of kind of usability uh, versus cost uh, versus security. You know, um, and the more secure you get, the less um, usability you have, and the more it costs. You know, the less costs you put in. Um, the usability is great, but the security uh, is lacking. So there's always that uh, that tension going on uh, between those uh, three components. Um, um, but uh, we as Trend, uh, with our kind of cloud solution specifically, and and across the 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 other um, you know components as well, uh, we try and kind of mitigate that cost by uh, using um, you know a pay-as-you-go model right now. So a lot of uh, the cloud um, services are kind of pay-as-you-go as well, and we really try and uh, keep costs low by uh, implementing that uh, pay-as-you-go model uh, for the customers. So it's more an operational expenditure, number one. Number two, um, if, we, if you integrate and uh, you have a, a partner who's a CPPO on the, you know, both on the AWS and Azure side, depending on what, uh, you know, cloud user you, you're using, um, you know, there's there's plenty of of uh, room for for discounting there as well on the on top of the the pay as you go pricing there. So, if you look at it from a kind of a tr- traditional spend, if you were to do it the traditional way and buy up front, you know, from a year to three years, whatever it might be, versus a pay as you go model, the pay as you go model definitely has uh, benefits um, in terms of uh, not being a capital expenditure but an operational expenditure, and also on top of that. Um, being able to uh, contain your costs on a pay-as-you-go model. So um, what I mean by that is that if you decide to not use a service or let's say that, um, you know, you cut down your EC2 service from 20 to 10, um, you know, having paid up front, uh, you would have paid that cost up front and you would have lost the benefits of, uh, you know, reduction in the end. Whereas a pay-as-you-go model, if you reduce, you know, your service from 20 to 10, you're getting that, uh, that benefits straight away uh, in terms of uh, licensing and, and costing around the, uh, that as well. Um, so, you know, w- with cloud, um, obviously, you know, migrating to cloud, you need to obviously take uh, the uh, advantages that uh, cloud gives you and the services that uh, you should be using uh, within cloud. But there's also this uh, this flexibility of being able to turn off services easier and and uh, turn on services a lot easier and being able to auto scale and then kind of uh, descale at the end of the day, you know, uh, when that service is no longer necessary. So, you know, we integrate with that type of, uh, you know, pricing model to make it a lot easier and a lot more kind of cost effective uh, for companies out there. Um, so that's definitely the, the, the route to travel when uh, looking at uh, going into the cloud as well. Um, now, Russell, I just want to do a quick follow up, uh, you know, to to what you've just said. Now, it does sound like there's a lot of work that's going into um, the cost piece of things because it does need this, these propositions do need to be attractive, um, you know, to 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 organizations and need to be in such a way that at least uh, people aren't grumbling too much. Um, you know, when they are, you know, subscribing for some of these services and at least it does sound like there's uh, flexibility that is available in certain instances, you know, some of those uh, pay-as-you-go types of models uh, that you mentioned just now. But to borrow a term that uh, we were using earlier on, keen to understand at the moment what the, what's the word I'm looking for? What is the posture? at the moment are from companies like when it comes to to cost 
uh, are people paying, you know, gladly when it comes to cybersecurity? Um, or is it one of those grudge purchases like, ah, we might as well, you know, do this thing because we don't want to be caught with our pants down? Right, right. Uh, that's a, f- a fantastic uh, question, Madiwe, and I think it uh, all depends on what your uh, what your view is of security, right? So, um, if you, as the business, view security as a um, as an enabler and something that's going to make uh, business better uh, and safer for you know for your for your customers and for your business out there, then I I think you see it as a necessity and you you're willing to you know, to, um, to, to pay for, for uh, the cost uh, associated with that, right? If you, if you see it as a, uh, a blockage to your business, you know, security is not uh, delivering kind of business value for you, then definitely it's going to become a grudge purchase. Uh, you're going to question, you know, should we have the security? What's the security all about? Is it really necessary? Um, you know, why, why is it so expensive in, in some certain uh, cases? Um, so yes, it, it really depends on uh, the view that business has of security. Is it uh, is it an enabler, uh, or is it basically a blocker uh, for your business? And uh, I think security companies have been evolving, uh, you know, over the years, uh, twenty odd years back um, when I kind of started in the industry, it was like you will do as security says, otherwise you are out of compliance, and uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you're in trouble. Um, it's actually swung the other way now where business are driving uh, it at the end of the day and saying, look, if you can't keep up with us, if you can't uh, enable us, um, you know, to to do our business, we're just going to, you know, go ahead. Um, you need to keep up with us and, and fit in with the, the whole business uh, uh, model and, and where we're going. And I think that 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 is a, a better view to take because at the end of the day, business does need to grow. You know, it does need to uh, be uh, uh, sustainable, etc. It does need to innovate all the time. And if security in the background are holding you back all the time, then it's just going to be a hindrance and, and a question mark at the end of the day. So I think um, security com- companies need to evolve and actually evolve with the business um, and actually run with the business and have the the, the vision of business uh, in mind at the, at the, you know, in the back of their minds to be able to uh, enable the business to do it a lot better, a lot quicker. So uh, us as a vendor, uh, we are looking at kind of business processes and we are trying to um, you know, make our solutions fit those business processes uh, in a more autonomous way. So one of the things that we're looking at is uh, automation. So making uh, uh, things a lot more automated in terms of uh, detecting uh, these misconfigurations, fixing the configurations before the user is actually kind of uh, aware of what the uh, issues are uh, that need uh, fixing. So, uh, you know, autonomy and, and uh, automating, I beg your pardon, automating um, security in the background uh, uh, goes a long way um, to enabling the business to, to achieve what they need to do. So I think that's that's a big focus for, for Trend. Uh, to be able to fix these configuration issues before they come up and to be able to show, hey, at the end of the day, guys, you know, these are the things that that uh, came up with the environment. They weren't an issue because we fixed them. We did this, we did that, et cetera, without you having to spend a whole lot of more money and a whole lot of more, throw a whole lot of more resources at it. Um, and that's the way that you uh, begin to kind of provide value uh, to business going forward. So, yeah. To answer that question, it's it's definitely how you look at it and how you approach it uh, from a vendor, uh, you know, security vendor point of view. How you look at it and how you approach it. 
Um, I think it's then good for us to then switch over because we've spoken quite a bit about that uh, on-premises situation and the flexibility that's there. Uh, but, you know, a big part of what companies are doing now is happening in the cloud. And, uh, you know, the tool that's been developed is to help, you know, part of, you know, the help uh, that it's offering is um, in cloud environments. Back in the day, uh, and I'm saying back in the day, but it's literally just a couple of years ago, there was a mad rush where everyone was saying, no, cloud, 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 everything, you know, must be cloud. But it does seem as if we have reached this, um, can I call it a happy middle, um, where we've decided that for certain types of data, um, we, will, we will, you know, have... Uh, that happening in the cloud for certain types of processes, uh, certain types of data will do that, um, you know, we'll keep that on premises. Uh, and I guess that speaks to, I think you mentioned it earlier on, uh, to say that there's a question of, um, you know, what do you decide to put on the cloud? What do you decide not to put on the cloud? So, Hybrid cloud, you know, um, you know, securing uh, one of those situations, that hybrid where you're using both. Um, I guess that's the approach that uh, most organizations, um, you know, that are at least serious about cybersecurity are looking at. Um, at the moment, what are we, what are we saying? What is uh, the best practice? Earlier on, we spoke about standards. Yeah, no, 100%, Madiwa. Uh, I totally agree with you there. Um, for sure. So, I mean, if you look at it um, from from an on-prem perspective, you know, it's it's basically like your house. Everything is in your house. You know what's in your house, uh, and you can kind of you know secure that. Uh, you know, quite uh, d- depending on how much cost you want to throw at it again. Uh, coming back to the cost question, uh, you can secure that. Uh, you know, pretty well. Um, but not not kind of everything works well in a, a localized um, environment, right? So. Things like uh, auto scaling and serverless and API uh, containerization, etc., that works really well uh, in a cloud environment. Um, obviously, cloud is a lot more accessible as well. You know, you'd have to throw a lot of infrastructure, um, you know, at your on-prem environment to be able to make that globally, um, you know, available and uh, you know, 24 by 7 operation where cloud is automatically that, um, and you get that uh, as part of the package automatically, right? Um, but there's this concept uh, that we call uh, of uh, data sovereignty, right? So where does your data reside and what are the influences, uh, laws, uh, the legality uh, of where your data resides, right? And that's uh, one thing that the cloud providers are negotiating uh, right now as well. So, you know, um, AWS, Azure have this concept of regions and they have regions throughout the world, et cetera. And those, uh, you know, are obviously um, kind of uh, uh, overseen by by the different governments uh, where those uh, regions reside, et cetera. So there's always this consideration of if I put, um, you know, if I use services within the cloud, where's my data going to reside? You know, uh, is it in the US, is it in the UK, um, is it in down in Cape Town? Uh, where the AWS data center resides, where is is my data going to reside, and what are the laws and the legalities around that of where it resides? Um, and do those countries support 
all the standards and frameworks that we've been talking about, etc. Um, will I be able to extract extract my data easily, you know, from that cloud provider if I do need it, if it's in a different region, etc. So, what systems uh, should I put in the cloud, and that will support, uh, you know, running in, in multi multi regions, etc. Uh, with sensitive data, perhaps um, you need to have a look at uh, all of those different type of uh, configurations. And this this really is where your posture management comes in really handy as well. So, for instance, um, let's talk about uh, encryption and encryption of your your databases. Whether that uh, resides in whatever region or whether it resides on prem, if that data is encrypted, um, nobody's going to be able to crack that and open that and get it anyway. So. That's uh, fairly safe. So, looking at it from a posture management uh, view, you look at it in those different regions. You you look at the sensitivity of your data and you apply the different uh, standards and frameworks to that to ensure that your data is secure, no matter which region it you know lies in, um, which jurisdiction it lies under, etc. So that's that's the way that uh, we approach it uh, from the cloud side specifically. Uh, we're very aware of uh, what regions your data might be in. Uh, and we you know, obviously apply the different standards and frameworks uh, that apply uh, in that uh, in that context as well. So that's where we're going as as Trend Micro to make it a lot easier for you as a company to uh, decide where to put your uh, data and how to secure that data when it is in that specific uh, region. Yes, uh, the issue of data, um, can we call it data sovereignty? Data um, sovereignty, yeah. Yes, has been uh, you know a big one uh, for a number of countries, and I guess uh, the hybrid uh, probably uh, fits into quite a bit, um, you know, around uh, some of these issues. Um, so, you know, happy to hear the fact that there are uh, ways in which people can secure themselves in some of those environments. Now, Russell, I want to end off, um, you know, maybe getting into the weeds a little bit. I'm glad that I'm joined by someone uh, who is a cloud architect because, um, you know, as a self-proclaimed geek, um, I wanted to, you know, run something by you and you can, uh, you know, tell me whether I'm making sense or whether I need to go and, you know, brush up on my knowledge and perhaps relook really at this. Cloud computing, right, is uh, the ability to process certain types of information and data outside of one's own environment. Um, we often talk about AWS, we often talk about Azure, Google Cloud, um, you know, all of those different businesses that are taking on uh, the task of either storing our data or taking on the task of uh, actually processing uh, certain things, you know, uh, outside of our environments. On a net-net basis, right, um, am I correct in saying that from a physical computing point of view, there's no real difference that's there because one would either have their own computers on premises or you're just paying someone else to have the computers or computing power somewhere else? Um, that if as a business we're generating a terabyte of data, that's a terabyte of data that's either going to sit with us or it's going to sit um, you know, on someone else's server. But when it comes to servers, right, let's say there's a server, there's a market for a million servers, um, you know, in the world, either those million servers are going to sit with us or they're going to sit with someone else. At the end of the day, 
the million servers are gonna go somewhere. Um, we we are not really taking out an element of computing or saving space or e-waste or anything like that by doing or by going the cloud computing route. Interesting. Okay. Um, I would have a, a different view on, and a different take on that one um, because let's uh, because of the you're getting into the, the the generalities of cloud and the advantages of cloud, right? And we talk about hyperscaling uh, in the cloud, etc. And I, look, I'm not a I'm not an expert on hyperscaling, but uh, the advantages are, are definitely clear to 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 myself. So I mean, if you're looking to firstly purchase uh, a million servers. Um, you know, for for your on-prem usage. Um, I mean, let's be honest, how many of those servers are actually utilized correctly in the environment? How many could you actually really properly utilize uh, efficiently and, you know, you know, get rid of, uh, I don't know, 25%, maybe 30, 33% uh, of those uh, servers if they were actually um, properly utilized. And I think that's the advantage of cloud in general is that you have this hyperscaler and they can they can scale from one to a million to two million to ten million and very very quickly at the same time. If you had to you know go through all the procurement processes of getting that uh, into your environment, there's a whole lot of advantages that uh, you know play into the cloud's hands. Uh, no no doubt about it. So I'm of the opinion that uh, definitely um, you know for those applications and those services that uh, that you do need and can be utilised in the cloud. That's definitely the the way to go in future. If you look, just look at um, the way that one of our services uh, on prem uh, needs its own server. Uh, you know, it needs a lot of memory. It needs a lot of RAM. It needs um, database uh, licensing, uh, Microsoft licensing, etc. If we remove that cost and move it into the cloud. Um, there's obviously, you know, all the patching and the resources to be able to manage that. That's now moved into the cloud. That becomes our responsibility as trend. And all you do is focus on the configuration around that. All the rest of that, you know, um, services and configuration and patching uh, and security around that has been removed from you as a user. And that's, that's again, one of the benefits of, of using SaaS uh, and, and the cloud as well. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, there is a difference. Um, it's a lot more efficient, I think, uh, if you're scaling up on a cloud provider's, uh, you know, hardware rather than having to kind of provide it to your, yourself, etc. There's uh, less cost involved, less hardware involved, um, and at the end of the day, I think uh, as as the customer, you are getting the the benefit uh, of that as well. Um, just just my my two cents there, Madhuri. All right, and uh, I, I completely understand it from that point of view, and at least it allows me to refine, um, you know, my own thinking, um, you know, on that front. I guess the the, the piece of the equation I hadn't uh, fully thought about is the efficient, uh, the fact that your hyperscalers are probably a little bit more efficient in how they use the same amount of. Uh, the same amount of uh, computing power and uh, you know how quickly they are able to then expand uh, their systems out so that's where we end off uh, you know this uh, very um, you know very fascinating discussion around um, you know cybersecurity talking about um, some of the issues around uh, things like posture management uh, we got into quite a nice discussion around that and then uh, talking now about uh, hybrid uh, cloud security you know what do we 
we do uh, when you've got data that sits uh, on your own premises and also data that's sitting out there in the cloud? How do you make sure uh, that you're maximizing security um, you know, on both sides? Because at the end of the day, the box stops um, with you as an organization. If there is a breach, uh, people aren't sitting there, at least the consumer or your customers aren't sitting there saying, oh, no, shame, the, you know, the hyperscaler or the cloud provider had a breach and then that led to this. Uh, what they know is that they have uh, that one organizational company that they are transacting with and um, you know that is the that is who has been breached or has been attacked um so uh, it is incumbent, uh, you know, on organizations to actually make sure uh, that they are taking their care of themselves, um, you know, from that point of view. And then obviously the cost uh, discussion and debate, you know, was a big one, you know, that we got into earlier on. And Russell just mentioning the fact that it it really uh, just depends on where an organization's priorities are. Now, it would be great if everyone was to pay for the security pro actively uh, but the truth of the matter is a lot of the time people are trying to you know be as efficient with their money as possible so uh, there's a lot of different models that are coming out such as a pay as you go where people you know use certain things as and when um, you know they do need them that's where we end off we're talking to russell young who is a cloud architect over at trend micro russell thank you so much for being with us today awesome And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from my myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning